Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice first podcast. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, what is Kane doing speaking at me on a Wednesday? Why is this happening? What's going on? Well, let me explain. Every single day, probably for the past couple of months, I have been speaking to somebody within the voice space, whether that's a business owner or founder or somebody trying to build a business in the the, uh, voice space, whether that's somebody who is a designer or a developer or a researcher, whether it's at an agency or a startup. I'm just having quite a lot of conversations. Some of them lead to podcast episodes, uh, some of them don't, but they're all really, really interesting nevertheless. And I had a particularly interesting conversation uh, this week with uh, Govi Singh. And Govi, you can find him on Twitter at Govi Thinks. And he lives in Austria. He runs an apartment block in Vienna. He rents it out to tourists and stuff like that. And we were talking about how uh, he's put Alexas, or Echoes rather, in all of his apartment buildings to help people navigate Austria, navigate Vienna, find out how to work things in the apartment and stuff like that. He listens to the podcast, he's been engaging with us quite a lot on Twitter, and at the end I kind of asked, you know, what what could we do to improve things on VUX World? And Govey's suggestion was this. He said that the quality that we have and the quality that we're producing is always high, and the one thing that could be improved is to publish more, because once a week might not be enough. So thank you, Govey, for the suggestion. And what we're going to do this week is we're going to try that. We're going to try uh, publishing twice a week. And so what I've been doing is this weekend, I spoke to an extremely influential and notable person in the voice space. And you'll know of our guest today. And I just asked whether or not I can record the conversation. So it's not it's not a scripted thing. It's not a uh, planned, pre-planned thing. It's not a hugely long interview. We're going to try and do kind of like bite-sized, unscripted, conversations with industry practitioners and startup founders and and all of the people in in this space just to try and bring you a little bit of extra content to keep you going during the week and today's guest if you have ever said these words alexa play rain sounds then you would have come across our guest. Our guest today is nick schwab and he has been building alexa skills for a few years now, uh, since October 2016, he builds a lot of ambient sound skills. And if anyone has ever used the thunderstorm skill that's uh, that's playing in the background now, or you've ever used white noise to get your baby to sleep, or you've ever used aeroplane sounds to keep you uh, drifting off at night, then you would have come across one of Nick's skills. Nick is the founder of Invoked Apps. And in our conversation today, we talk about a whole host of things from long form audio and Alexa adoption and user behavior to uh, monetization, in-skill purchases, developer rewards, discovery and a whole host of alexa specific stuff and we find out a little bit about how nick has turned invoked apps into a platform into a company that is generating 150,000 uh, use uses per day of his skills this is a really interesting episode please welcome ladies and gentlemen nick schwab So I've I've been wanting to speak to you for a while, actually. It's like, I think think you were one of the first people I kind of come across when I first started sort of looking into all this stuff Um, quite a few months back, well, quite about a year ago now, actually. So you've been doing it for ages, haven't you? Uh, Yeah, uh, I started in like February of 2016. Wow. Veteran then. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the skills kit's been out for, I don't know, what, like three and a half years, maybe? Really? Like maybe maybe even four. Yeah, it, it's been out for a little bit longer. Um, I didn't get in right away. I waited a little bit just to see kind of the like consumer adoption and developer adoption. Um, and it just seemed clear that over time it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And long form audio in particular seems to be the biggest of deals, didn't it? Like, it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when when the long form audio API or directives came out, um, I immediately thought about you know how I could start using these these uh, directives. And the reason I got into the whole ambient sound space is because I actually moved into an apartment, uh, and then a couple months later, a noisy neighbor moved in above me. So she started getting up at like five in the morning, and she had a dog who would that would bark for an hour after she left for work. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to get up until like seven or whatever. So, you know, having this early morning wake up call at five in the morning every day of the week was kind of annoying. Uh, so I turned my dot into a, a, a ambient sound machine. Right. So I just made a, a track. I recorded a track of rain sounds and I just played that while I slept and it helped block out the noise. I did that for about four weeks and then I published it for everybody else to use. Right. And from there, it just exploded. You know, I, totally unexpected. Uh, but it was super cool to see that kind of growth and and see it continue to grow as more and more people get Alexa devices. Yeah, yeah. And you've kind of, every time, I, like over the last few weeks, because we're expecting the baby like, literally any minute now, and over the <laughs> last couple of weeks, I've been sort of doing research. We've got an Echo Dot in the baby's room, and I've been doing a bit of research and thinking, you know, when it goes to sleep, you know, can I find some white noise or like womb sounds or, you know, maybe some sort of like gentle kind of ambience, like thunderstorms or rain. And literally <laughs> every single thing I search for, there's already a skill for it, and you've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all invoked apps. It's literally how many skills have you got now? Then there's loads, isn't there? Um, there's oh, there's 41 sounds, um, and I've published over 50 skills in total. Wow. So are they all? Are they all on the? So if there's 41 sounds, then the, the other lot is are they all kind of like long form audio based as well, or are they something else? Um, so there's 41 individual sounds. So they just play one sound, and then there's five skills that are probably called consolidated sounds. So those are skills where you can actually access all 41 sounds in one skill. Um, and with that too, I introduced ISPs and skill purchases. Um, so you can actually uh, mix sounds together through those skills. Ah, so you can what have like a, I don't know, thunderstorm with a sort of like fire crackling over the top of it or something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's quite cool. How's that going? Because I seen, I seen you tweeted the other day about the sort of in-skill purchasing stuff. Is, that, is it going well, that, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's super early for me. It's only been about four weeks since I released ISPs. Um, but the, the early results are, are looking pretty good. I mean, I, I think overall I'm seeing around a 3% conversion uh, for users, which, you know, kind of fits the bill with typical mobile space, right? Um, and then the conversion rate from trial to paid uh, is like 90%. You know, it's, it's staggering. Um, so I, I think it's really promising, you know, as long as you have the right product market fit, I think the in-scope purchases are going to make real businesses. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good that. So is, have you noticed any patterns in terms of the sounds that people are putting together or is it all just a bit random at the minute? <laughs> uh, I haven't, I haven't done any analysis on that yet. Um, and it's not super high priority for me just because, you know, I, I allow anybody to mix any two sounds together. So it's not going to really make me focus on any two sounds more than any other sounds. Um, I, I look at more of like general usage and what sound requests that I get uh, through my website. Yeah. And can you see how long people tend to play them for? Do you know like how long people tend to have the sounds on for or not? 
Yeah, so the, the skills by default, if you're using the, uh, the the single sound skills, they only play for an hour by default unless you tell it to loop. Um, so I, I see about a 50-50 split between people who play it for just an hour default and then people who turn on looping and then play it you know, from like 10 p.m. at night until about 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning. All right. So they're sleep, literally sleeping all the way through with it. Yeah, yeah, they're literally sleeping all the way through with it. it if you look <laughs> at my Lambda spikes, it's so funny because you see my Lambda usage just sh- just shoot up like a bullet, um, <laughs> like at <laughs> 6 or 7 in the morning every day. It's wow. so crazy. That's fantastic. That So if you think, so that's a decent kind of example of, of where you literally could be making money while you're sleeping there, couldn't you? If someone, <laughs> right. if, That's one way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. So if, if someone if someone pays for like the upgrade or whatever, puts two things together, gets to sleep with it, and keeps it running all night, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's mad. It's it's really interesting. That like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I just kind of like fell into, you know. Um, but I've, I've been super happy with the with the results of the skills and all the user feedback is really cool. I mean, I, I every once in a while I get an email from somebody who's like, "This skill has changed my life. Like I sleep so much better now." Um, or they just had a baby. You know, like, like you have a baby on the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they just had a baby and they play rain sounds or, or something to help <laughs> the baby sleep. And in return, the parents can get a good sleep. So it's like, all right. <laughs> helping tons of different people from age one week to you know age 80 uh it's just it's super cool so is there any other is is that the predominant use case for it then it's kind of like ambience to help people sleep or is there any other sort of use cases that you've noticed from from speaking to people using it in that um yeah i would i would say that at least 95 percent of usage is for sleep um you know if you look at my traffic patterns during the day it gets down to maybe six thousand users like in the middle of the day using it um, and then at night it spikes up to 150,000. So, wow. 150,000. That's pretty yep. impressive. That like, when you said, <laughs> when you said the predominant use case is on a night and then you said that daytime is 6,000, I was like, 6,000 seems like quite a lot that to be fair. You know? <laughs> so is it, is it predominantly America then that you're getting usage from or is it all over the world? Yeah, it, it's predominantly America, um, but I do have the skills released in multiple regions. Um, so it's you know they're available in the UK, they're available in Germany and Canada, uh, and a few more regions as well that are that are coming out soon. Um, so I would say that the split there is probably around eighty-five uh, percent US, and then uh, yeah, fifteen percent elsewhere. And do you where do you get the sounds from then? Do you use like sound libraries and stuff like that, or do you literally go out and record stuff and stuff like that? How, how do you sort of put it all together? Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, it, it depends. Uh, so there's there's some sounds that you know I'll just record right here at my house. Uh, there's some sounds that are actually computer generated, like white noise, pink noise, brown noise. Uh, those are just like different frequencies of sound. And then there's some sounds that are kind of more obscure, so I, I license those. Right. Okay. That's interesting. And where do you get your ideas from then? Is it just like something will come to you at some point or have you got like a backlog of stuff you want to work on or like where do you get because there's, there's literally like honestly every sound I was searching for to try and see if it existed it seemed to exist and it had invoked underneath it also like you've obviously got a lot covered like where do, where do you sort of get the ideas from? Um, so they started off as just ideas that I had right um, just different sounds that I thought would be relaxing um, you know and that I covered those sounds basically within like the first three months or so. And then during those three months, I had a website where people could go to, to request sounds. They just fill out a form, uh, provide an optional email if they want some follow-up. 
And then I'd get that right in my inbox. And uh, I would use that to kind of navigate my way into which new sounds I should add. Um, and that's, I would say that's how I've determined probably 75% of which sounds I add. So what's what's the sort of, what's the plan then? Are you sort of carrying on building out the sounds? Are you sort of like, obviously you're experimenting with the in-scale purchasing and now what's the, what's the, have you got like a, a sort of plan beyond that or you kind of just seeing how all that goes? Yeah, in, in general, um, you know, the, the ambient sounds uh, space is really important to me. Um, you know, I have a ton of users that depend on it every day, and I think that improving those skills over time is super important. Um, so I, I, I do plan on spending more time on that, whether it's adding more sounds, you know, adding new locales, um, and then, of course, as a business, making sure that those in-skill purchases are performing in the best way that they can is super important for me. Um, you know, right now, the, the early results look really good. Uh, but I'm sure there's some there's some tweaking that I can do to the upsell messaging to make those conversions even higher. Mm, yeah, wicked. So, I, is it sort of like? Do, can you see? I don't know. It might be at that stage now. I don't know. I I, I, see, I heard on a, one of the I can't remember which podcast it was now. It might have been the Alexa in Canada with Terry Fisher, perhaps. And you were saying yeah. that you does it. You work at Ford right now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So so during the day, I, I work at Ford Motor Company as a software engineer. Uh, building a platform, an open source platform that allows third-party developers to uh, expand their apps into the vehicle. So if you have, it's um, a good example, like Glimpse um, on your phone, and you have a Ford vehicle with uh, Sync 3, then you can actually see the Glimpse app in your car, and you can interact with it on the, screen, the car's navigation screen. Okay, fair dues. Yep. And so do you see, do you envisage a future where you'll be able to make enough from invoked apps to then be able to focus on that full time. Um, I, yeah, I I envision the future of that. My I'm torn between my two passions though because I love the voice space and yeah. I love cars, right? Right. So you know, <laughs> if if I do get to that point, do I do I switch from you know the automotive space entirely into voice or do I try to keep balancing the two? Um, it's it's a tough decision for me, you know. Um. Well, voice is starting to get quite a presence in in cars, isn't it? I think Alexa and was it BMW that announced Alexa? It'll be in all of their kind of new cars, and obviously if Ford are doing allowing people to build apps in in their vehicles. Surely a, a voice interface can't be far behind for Ford, is it? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so BMW announced that they're going to be integrating Alexa into their cars. I think like directly into the head unit, uh, and Ford actually already has an Alexa integration now. It's called the Ford Plus Alexa app. Oh, as well okay. as the Lincoln Plus Alexa app. Um, and if you have the app on your phone and then you get into your car and it's connected through Bluetooth, um, you will see the Alexa app pop up in your car. And then that allows you to either tap on it and speak an Alexa command or just use the Alexa hot word to, uh, to access Alexa right from your car. All right. Okay. So you're kind of already blending the two passions as it is, kind of, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so that, yeah, that, that Ford Plus Alexa app actually uses the technology that my team builds. Um, so I'm, I'm not directly associated with that app, but indirectly a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, I think long term, um, I'm super passionate about the voice space and I would love to be able to do it full time. So I think I think once once we reach that point as... You know, as a as a consumer community and as a developer community, um, 
I think maybe I will make that switch. It'll just be a long thought process to make that happen. <laughs> it might it might be made easier if uh, if the the adoption continues to go as it is. It's just literally like you know Amazon is selling millions and millions of units you know every every month seemingly. So if if the adoption keeps going as it is and you keep on kind of keep up the pace with what you're doing with uh, with Invoked, I think that you, the choice might be made made for you if it, if it continues <laughs> to generate a decent amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it might. Um, you know, of course, there's, there's other benefits of working for a Ford. Like, you know, my team is great there. Um, the benefits are great. You know, the, the work hours are flexible. My boss is really generous with giving me time off to attend these uh, these voice events, um, which I have to take. I have to take a uh, paid time off to do those things. But it's still, you know, he's he's very uh, generous with the time that he grants me off. Um, so, you know, I I see for at least the foreseeable future, um, kind of handling both. For yeah. a while. Yeah, that's good. What's what's kind of exciting you then? Obviously, voice voice eighteen was like an immensely. It seems to just be sort of like a. I don't know. It seems to be an event that's really kicked off the whole voice thing. Like there's all kinds of brands there, and I seen Panasonic were there, and there's like all kinds of like companies that you probably wouldn't expect to be there were there, and then all the activity on Twitter seems to be going mental. So what's kind of like what's exciting you? Obviously, aside from the fact that you're doing really well on on the skill side of stuff, what else is exciting you about the sort of voice? space at the minute uh, just seeing all the, all the new developers come into the space i mean um you know two years ago when i started this i feel like there were really only like maybe a dozen really passionate developers about alexa and now you know the the community's grown to over 2400 at least in the uh, community driven alexa slack oh sorry i just triggered my device <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so just seeing the community grow and especially at voice summit um, man, I just felt like everybody was there. Like everybody who has built anything cool was there. Um, and even, even a ton of different podcasters, right. You know, I, I wish you were there, but Dustin was there. So that yeah, was cool. Dustin was there, yeah. Um, that, I think that was my second time meeting him. Um, and just, you know, man, just everybody, it was unbelievable to see all the big players in the same room, uh, you know, sharing their knowledge with the rest of the community. Yeah, it does seem a really communal thing, doesn't it? Like, I think um, we spoke to um, Dominic Meisner and Tim Carla, One Six Nine Labs, last yeah, week yeah. on the podcast, and they were kind of explaining it as as though it's like a family. You know what I mean? Like the whole community is like a big family, and it kind of does feel like that, doesn't it? Everyone's just so sort of passionate and so generous with the time. It just feel like it's got a bit of a family kind of vibe about it, doesn't it? It it really does. I mean, uh, after one of the days at the Voice Summit conference. Um, I actually hopped on a bus with like all those guys. There's there's actually a big a big group from Germany who were at the summit, and uh, we all hopped on a bus together uh, and went went to a bar and just hung out afterward. It was super fun. Yeah, that's class. I definitely want to try and get to the next one. Like, yeah, I think I think they were talking about maybe doing one in Europe. I think so. That would be that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think One Six Nine Labs is actually hosting something in uh, maybe Berlin. Yeah, it's in it's in Munich. Munich. Munich, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're actually the media partner for that, which is really interesting. Um, so that's in Munich on the twelfth of October, uh, and it's kind of like an all-day voice-first kind of event for you know. I think it's predominantly businesses, um, but there'll be developers and, and stuff like that there. And it's uh, yeah, so Germany is just absolutely so vibrant. Like with in the voice space, it just seems to be like really taken off over there. Yeah, I, I always tell people that like you know, building for these other locales, especially Germany, um, it's it's the perfect time to do that 
because those those locales, those countries, um, they're starting to experience that initial growth that we saw about a year ago, a year and a half ago in the U.S. Um, so you know, if you get on the bandwagon right now, like you're gonna you're gonna hit that sweet spot, and you're gonna be more likely to be that top skill and you know perform really well over the long term. Yeah, I think America seems to be like it's it's literally. I know that Alexa's been available over there for a lot longer, but it does seem to be a few years ahead of the of Europe, especially in terms of the user behavior and the adoption towards stuff. Like, what's what's your sort of? You mentioned eighty five percent of usage is is in America right now. Are you still seeing pretty decent growth in America, or is it kind of plateaued slightly? Yeah, I, I still see decent growth. Um, there's particular days that really drive the most growth, uh, such as Prime Day and then around Christmas time. Um, you know, both of those days pretty much cause a 20 to 30 percent spike in traffic that in I, I typically retain over the long term as well. Um, so those are huge events. And then there's um, a few just a few different holidays like or, or like a, you know Father's Day and Mother's Day that might cause a, sp- a spike as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, you know, when I started this ambient sounds thing in October of 2016, you know, I started off with just just a few thousand users, you know, like 4,000 users or so. And now I'm up to um, 150,000 a day. Um, and that's, you know, over, it's over 1.5 million per month. Um, so, you know, the, the growth is real, like it's happening. Um, it's not, it's not quite at the same speed as like the smartphone revolution and what we saw with iOS, but at the same time, it's a totally different ecosystem. It's a totally different platform. Um, the way we interact with these voice apps are, are vastly different than how we act with apps on our phone. Um, so I think, you know, comparing the, the smartphone app space to the voice app space is, isn't quite fair. It's not quite apples to apples. Um, but I do think that where we're heading in the voice space is it's, it's going to be the next big platform, you know? And there's there's a few folks who are already doing really well. Like I know Volley is is just killing it with their games. Um, so Song Quiz I think is one of the best games on Alexa, um, and just a few other developers too are just doing really cool stuff. And they're getting the users. I mean, they deserve it. It's yeah, super yeah, cool. absolutely. I know LabWorks are doing really well as well uh, in London. I think they do the Would You Rather skill. I don't know if yeah. you've heard that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems- and like the guys at One Six Nine Labs, they did they did animal sounds. Um, you know, it's like like a super simple skill that you know it just helps educate kids, um, and I guess they have like half a million users a month. You know, it's, it's just it's great. It's great to see, you know, all these all these developers gaining traction. Yeah, it's quite. So, uh, what are you seeing in Europe then? Because like Alexa launched in uh, France relatively recently. It's been in the UK for a year or so, G- Germany for quite a while. It seems I read somewhere I think yesterday it's uh, it's launching in Spain fairly soon. Are you seeing from the eighty five percent you've got in America, what kind of is the breakdown of Europe sort of usage? Are you getting quite a lot of u- usage in Europe? Like, um, so yeah, I mean the, the UK and Germany are are definitely the the heavy hitters in Europe. Um, you know, France it's still really really early. Um, I I'm, I am in France, um, but I think my stats are probably around like a thousand users um, a week, maybe. Um, so it's, it's not a lot, but it's, it's still, you know, it's like, it's like day one for them really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the growth in Europe, it, it's, it's there and it's, it's happening. I think probably over, you know, I, like you said, I think Europe is, is kind of a couple of years behind the U S so in a couple of years, we'll see Europe having traffic that's similar to what we see today in the U S. 
Yeah, and when you get when you get to the point of having one hundred and fifty thousand users a day, do you then? So I, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, but are you hosting everything with Amazon and using Lambda and, and all that sort of stuff, or have you built something else to host stuff? Um, so I I, I use um, AWS for a lot of stuff. I use it for my uh, I use Lambda for my APIs. Uh, I use DynamoDB for my database. And then I also use S3 and uh, CloudFront uh, for some of the, the audio content hosting. Then I also have another uh, CDN partner that I use to uh, kind of bear more of the load when it comes to streaming the actual audio. Because at, at the end of the day, I'm streaming over a petabyte of audio a month and around 19 terabytes a day. Wow. Like It's a ton of audio. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's mostly just an economical decision, right? Like... Um, AWS can be um, pretty, I mean, it's, it's a great product, and um, but the pricing can be a little bit high depending on what your usage is and how much you're using. And in certain cases, they do like cut special deals if you're streaming a ton of, different, a ton of audio. Um, but there are you know, other competitors out there that offer more competitive rates. Um, so since we're so early in this voice space and ISPs aren't really there yet, you know, it's super early to, to see the results of those. Um, you know, saving, saving money and cutting costs down is, is a really important thing right now. So I'm trying to be as frugal as possible. <laughs> so there is, so, but there is still a cost then to, to obviously hosting that much and streaming that much audio. There's still an, an outgoing that you've got to pay every month to, to do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my bills, uh, every month are in, in the, the low thousands. Wow. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's not cheap. Um, <laughs> fortunately, the Alexa Developer Awards uh, really helps offset that. So. Oh, okay. So, you, I, I, so you've been getting the developer rewards then? Yeah. Do you get do you get those on a per skill basis, or do you just get general rewards for having so much usage on all your skills? Yeah, it's it's on a per skill per region or per skill per category per region basis. Um, so, um, just a little bit about the way it works, at least in my own. Um, what what I've seen, um, this isn't official by Amazon or, or anything like that by any means. Um, I think the the top performer in a category in a region gets five thousand bucks for the month. Right. When you say region, um, do you mean a region within America, or would you class America as a region? Uh, the, like the U.S. would be a region. All right, okay. Uh, so like right now, uh, I think um, developer awards are in the U.S., uh, the U.K., Germany. And I think they just announced it for Japan. Um, so, you know, those, those four locales. Um, so if you have the top, if you have one skill that's in all four of those locales, and it's the top performer in every locale, you'll, you'll make 20,000 bucks. Wow. Every month. Yeah. Every month. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, you can earn a lot of money with it, but you got to be one of the top performers, yeah. which is really hard to do. Right. And like, even with all my, my ambient sound skills, like there's a bunch, there's a bunch of those sounds that are kind of more obscure. So they don't really, uh, land in a good place in that scale. Um, so like, you know, some might earn a couple thousand bucks in a month and some might earn just like 40 bucks in the month. Um, it, it, it wildly varies. Um, but I think for a lot of skills, you know, the ambient sound skills are kind of, um, a special case cause they stream a lot of audio. So they're, they're, they're higher expenses than most skills. Uh, whereas a lot of other skills, you know, like, like volleys games and, um, just, you know, other trivia games and things like that. Um, they're just Lambda calls and Lambda is super cheap. DynamoDB is super cheap. 
I mean, most people can probably run a skill for probably less than 50 bucks a month without a problem. But it gets pretty expensive. When you, I mean, what did you say? It's some petabytes of data every day. Uh, so it's, it's, it's around 19 terabytes per day uh, and then over a petabyte per month. That's mental, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. That is really good. <laughs> No, but it's good. It's good that the so the Amazon developer rewards. So they'll pay five thousand pounds for the top skill, and then what do they do? How, how far down do they go? Like, do they pick like top ten, or do they just keep on going until they run out of money? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know how that works exactly. Um, you know, just based on what I've seen, I've seen I've seen my own skills. You know, make a few thousand bucks. I I've, I've hit that five thousand dollar cap a couple times for different skills, um, but I've also seen some skills make like. 20 bucks for the month. Um, so I don't, I don't really know, um, what the range is, how, how many skills qualify. Um, but there, there definitely is a very wide range. Yeah. Wicked. And so what have you done then to get your skills sort of one of one of the, it always comes back to this quite often is that people were saying that, you know, the developer rewards to get the developer rewards, you need to have traffic to get traffic you need to be able to be discovered <laughs> and that's kind of the thing that everyone looks at so have you done anything in particular to to get that amount of users or have you just happened to be there when people have are people just genuinely looking for for ambient sounds kind of things or have you done anything to promote them or how's how's it kind of happened i i haven't really run any advertising to be honest um you know i've 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 dabbled it with it here and there like when uh Amazon used to offer this like uh, give like Amazon giveaways that you could offer a product on Amazon for free by entering this like giveaway contest. And one of the things that you could do was have the person tweet something as their entry into the contest or giveaway. Um, so I tried that a couple times. It generates a lot of noise, but doesn't really generate a lot of real traffic to the skill. Um, so that you know, it was it was cool to generate the the noise on social media, but since it wasn't driving real numbers, it wasn't something that I was interested in doing long term. Uh, other than that, I mean, I haven't done any any advertising. It's been just people searching for rain sounds or thunderstorm sounds, just just natural SEO, right? Um, and you know, because of like when, when a skill reaches a certain point, um, Amazon starts to pay attention to it, and they'll promote it through like the banners or through the the they call them the sliders on the. Uh, the skill homepage. Um, and that drives a ton of traffic. Like I don't think there's any advertising thing that you could do that would compare to the traffic that you get from being in those banners, from being in those sliders. Mm. Cause I think that's everybody who, who is going to look for skills sees it, don't they? Whereas like yeah. all the little de developers can do what they want to try and shout out as many people as they can. But ultimately everyone who wants to know about it goes to that spot don't they in the amazon skill store so i can see how that's like a sort of it's almost like the holy grail isn't it for for skill promotion yeah it, it really is i mean being in the banner actually generally drives less traffic than being like number one in one of the sliders um if, if you're in like the number one space on the very first slider um you might see like a, a 10 to 15 uh extra traffic increase like during that period that you're being promoted uh, whereas if you're in the banner, you might see around a 4x traffic increase. Right. That's interesting. It almost feels a bit more natural, doesn't it, being in the slider? The banner feels maybe it's a little bit more promotional, whereas if it's in the slider, it's kind of like, here's what we recommend sort of thing. It feels a little bit more natural, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I feel like a lot of people don't go to the, to the Alexa skill store and, you know, click, click through, swipe through the banners, right? Um, they, they see the, the sliders and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, these are like the recommended skills. So people look through those, and I think that that is the, the the key way to get traffic. Yeah. What's your thoughts on sort of like advertising in there? Then do you think that Amazon should allow people to pay to be there, or do you think that would kind of just send a, a flood of rich companies to the top of the listings and and kind of like you know deprioritize everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of debate about that in the community. Um, you know, I I do think that discovery is a problem and. There, there's some way that we can solve it, right? I don't think that opening that space to advertising is the way. It's for that reason that you said, I think that the heavy hitters or like the big companies who are making decent amount of money or who have like the huge marketing budgets, like there's, they're, there's going to own that space because once they see the traffic that it drives, why would they ever stop paying for that? Those ads, um, it just wouldn't be fair to to the newcomers, right? Um, I think we can find more creative solutions to solve that problem. I don't know what they are yet, but I know Amazon has a bunch of people thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it gets spoke about often enough, doesn't it? I can't, I can't see them not thinking about this seriously if it's something that crops up all the time. It's ever since I started the podcast at the start of the year, that was the very first per- thing that the very first person said <laughs> that I spoke to. And it seems to be just like a running theme constantly throughout the year is, is trying to figure out what the whole, this whole discovery thing looks like. Yeah, it, it's hard, you know, because when we look at our, our phones, like when you install an app on your phone, you can remember that it's there by opening your app drawer and seeing the icon there. In voice, you don't have anything like that experience. You don't have anything that can help you recall what apps you've installed, right, or activated. Um, it's just, it's an entirely different way that we interact with these these devices and, and these apps. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a creative solution. And I don't think anybody really knows what that is yet, but I think we'll get there. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. Yeah. It's all part of the evolution of, of something so new, isn't it? It is. And, and we, see, we see the same thing with like the, the iOS app store. You know, if you get promoted in the iOS app store, like that drives crazy traffic. You know, I, I read stories about that all the time. And it makes sense that the same holds true for, for Alexa as well, or even Google Assistant. Um, you know, it, I think it's it's still early days. You know, there's there's still a lot of folks who don't have these assistants yet that I think will over the course of the next one to two years. Um, and the holidays have proven time and time again to be you know huge huge events for more people getting these devices, uh, especially with like the rise of the start the smart home right. Um, like I just bought a home, I'm starting to put Alexa switches and stuff everything in it. Um, and that'll be more compelling for people to get these devices and start to actually explore what else they can do with them besides smart home features and uh, listening to, to radio or, you know, whatever. Uh, I think, I think we're getting there. It's, it's, it's a slower process than the iOS app store or the Android app store, but we're going to get there. Mm, yeah. And it's only a matter of time before people end up getting, I think what well, there's two things. One was, I think Tim Carlo of 169 labs mentioned that in his talk at the voice summit, he asked how many people have, either built a skill or done something in voice and about 70% of people hadn't. And then yeah. if, if, you, if you kind of combine that with, I think it was a voice bot uh, study that was looking at the smart speaker adoption in America and it found, I can't remember the exact figures, but it was a, it was a significant proportion of households have got more than one speaker. 
So it's almost as if like people get one, they have a bit of experimentation, then they'll get another one. And then, but then if you couple that with the, how many people there are that haven't even thought about it yet, it, it, the opportunities, I think it must be massive in, in the next kind of few years. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think once somebody gets one of these devices in their home, has the opportunity to play with it and see how useful it can be, that's the trigger point where they say, all right, I'm going to invest in the smart home. Like I'm going to get five more of these devices and put them in every room. And at that point, like now, now the consumer has made an investment. Now the consumer has made an investment. We're going to see the developers uh, start to get paid off in terms of traffic and monetization efforts. So I think we're going to see it. You know, right now ISPs, especially, they're only in the United States. But I, I can't imagine that Amazon isn't trying hard to get those rolled out into more countries. Um, and you know, with that, you know, the, the growth in the United States and in Europe, like it's happening. It you know, it's voice is going to be the next you know million dollar space for tons of people. I'm sure of it. And and hopefully, invoked apps will be right there waiting. <laughs> fingers crossed man fingers crossed <laughs> nice one so what are you looking forward to most then over the next sort of over the next year or so oh man um you know i'm just excited to see the results of isps you know i think like both in the eyes of amazon and in the eyes of the large developer community you know seeing proof that isps can work and that businesses can really run on amazon as or alexa as a platform is is going to be a turning point for the whole ecosystem, um, not just for not just for Alexa, but also for like Google Assistant and maybe even Microsoft Cortana. Who knows, right? Um, like, once we can prove that developers can be self sustainable, companies can be self sustainable. Like, it, it's, I think it's going to cause uh, kind of like a, a gold rush in the voice space. That was Nick Schwab of Invoked Apps. I cannot believe that that, that, that platform is getting 150,000 uses per day. That is seriously impressive. I think Nick's right that the adoption in Europe is certainly going to increase as the Echo devices continue to expand and Google Home continues to expand. Um, really, really interesting times and, and, and really uh, prosperous times for Nick, certainly. It sounds as though the in-scale purchases are working well. Only available in America at the moment, so looking forward to seeing that released in the UK, which which, uh, as Nick says, it undoubtedly will be. If you haven't tried some of the invoked app skills, then you should do. As we mentioned, I'm expecting a baby very, very soon. And uh, yeah, the white noise and womb sounds and rain sounds and all that kind of stuff is going to be literally my bread and butter over the next few weeks. Uh, so thank you, Nick for putting those things together thank you for sharing your stories i hope that inspires some of you to start creating some voice experiences uh thank you all for listening as well thank you govy for this suggestion to publish a little bit more regularly and thank you all for listening until next time see you later